COVID, West Coast wildfires, presidential elections, Black Lives Matter, virtual school, 2020 will be marked as a year of change. This is why brands are looking at insights as a way to drive action. That is one of the key changes is you really have to be focused in as an insights leader on return on investment and what does that dollar buy me? And that can be very difficult to do, especially when you're talking about foundational research or early and early stage research type concept testing. I'm Jamin Brazil with Chuyi Yang, and this is the Happy Market Research Podcast. This is the Capstone episode for our latest series on how to add strategy to market research. We have interviewed five research professionals from brands, agencies, and inset platforms, including Lubrizol and Cantor. Stay with us. We have the tips you need to take your insights to action. Support for the Happy Market Research podcast comes from FuelCycle. This episode is brought to you by FuelCycle Ignition. Ignition is the agile insights platform that enables leaders and their teams to improve product, brand, customer, and employee experiences with no insights experience required. With FC Live virtual focus groups and interviews, an ad effectiveness solution, and survey automation capabilities, FuelCycle Ignition offers the only all-in-one Agile Insights ecosystem for supercharging the relationship between brands and their customers, and serves the world's most innovative brands, including Google, Hulu, Tufts Health Plan, Kahart, and more. To learn how Ignition can take your research to the next level, visit FuelCycle.com. Support also comes from SurveyMonkey. Today, almost everyone has taken surveys, but did you know that SurveyMonkey offers complete solutions for professional market researchers? In addition to flexible surveys, their global audience panel, and research services, SurveyMonkey just launched a fast and easy way to collect market research feedback with seven new expert solutions for concept and creative testing. With built-in customizable methodology, AI-powered insights, and industry benchmarking, you can get feedback on your idea from your target market in a presentation-ready format. Oh, and by the way, in as little as an hour. For more information on SurveyMonkey's market research solutions, please visit surveymonkey.com market-research. That's surveymonkey.com market-research. Ash and smoke still fills the skies, from Fresno to Los Angeles and up to San Francisco. More than 3 million acres are burning in over 20 separate fires in California. The creek fires continue to rage out of control and are less than 40 miles away from where Chuyi and I are sitting in Fresno. These fires are barely contained, as is the case with most of the fires across California, Oregon, and Washington State. So why are we talking about this? because brands are finding it harder than ever before to keep up with the hearts and minds of their consumers. But with the rate of change already at an unparalleled level, it is even harder for them to keep their finger on the pulse of their consumers. Just a few weeks ago, the sun was shining and we were looking forward to fall. Now the sky is full of smoke and the ashes coating everything. Does this surprising development impact our views? Absolutely. 
Just when brands started landing on Black Lives Matter and shelter in place, climate change has become front and center. If there is anything 2020 has taught us, is that change is the one constant. In business, we have to make decisions or die. The speed of decisions is ever increasing. At the same time, the importance of making a data-driven decision is vital. In our interview with Steve Kanscheid, successful entrepreneur and founder and CEO of Humantel, he uncovered the stress executives have when running a modern business. The first thing is you gotta you gotta be willing. I mean, I have literally spent everything I have over the last year to build this, to build a team, to get us to this place. You've gotta believe in it. The people who succeed are the people who wake up at three o'clock in the morning and they can't go back to sleep because they're paranoid with they, you know, they're paralyzed with anxiety. It, you have to be willing to leave it all on the field. With the stress around making good decisions. It is no wonder that executives have increased their leverage in market research to ensure that they are informed and equipped to make the correct choice. The role of consumer insights has evolved over the last few years. VP of Consumer and Market Insights at Lubrizol Corporation, Dan Stratman, identified three significant trends. The first is the need to frame your research in the context of return on investment. In other words, how much money can my research save or earn? I think you're right. I think, you know, that is one of the key changes is you really have to be focused in as an insights leader on return on investment. And what does that dollar buy me? And that can be very difficult to do, especially when you're talking about foundational research or early and early stage research type concept testing. And when you don't have a clear visibility to sales like we do at, at Lubrizol, because in many cases we're providing components to things that end up becoming other things. And so having that clear vision for how to establish a return on investment metric or a set of them for your organization, I think is a critical capability that any insights leader needs to develop. As you frame your research through the eyes of ROI, it'll help focus everything from your survey instruments and discussion guides to your final presentations. Dan also talked about how deploying the right tools will continue to be important for corporate researchers. I think the other thing is we've obviously seen a rise of data and that data is extraordinarily uh, diverse in terms of, of where it's coming from, who's generating and who's analyzing it. I'm not necessarily sure that has always been translated into more insight, right? So we're a little bit data rich and insight poor. And part of that is just you know, do we have the right tools? Do we have the right talent? And are we given the time to really allow for that translation to occur? The third change that Dan talked about is the priority of action. Executives are going to make a decision if it's data-driven or not. The third element to that change over the last five years is just speed and sense of urgency. You know, I, I remember being somewhat of a methodologist at Walmart, probably to my own detriment. 
when in reality, as I was striving to get 90 to 100 percent kind of variance explained, the organization was just saying, look, if you can get me 65 percent away there, that's already smarter than we are. And then we can kind of move faster. And so you have to kind of come off of that methodological mountain and be pragmatic. It's one thing I stress to you know, the teams that I've led over the, the past decade is just a pragmatism. Yes, you don't want to, you want to have methodological rigor, but you also need to have a pragmatism when it comes to being able to turn those insights into action at the, at the speed of business. This priority of speed to insight, because action will be taken, was echoed by many of our guests in this series. Don Boyd, Cantor's UK Managing Director, identified several mistakes that are commonly made right now by researchers. The first one he calls the expertise trap. I think one one of them is what I call the expertise trap in trying to just cover every single market that, you know, and every market variable. And you end up with this insane matrix of different research happening in different markets and it just eats up costs. I'm a big fan of just get you know sort of of good enough i suppose and research is shouldn't be an academic exercise trying to cover off every single single sample cell at least not in my book it's it's only a tool to give clients an advantage they wouldn't otherwise have through better understanding no more no less so i would do less but better so we know time is vital another tip is to focus on the edge rather than the middle Many times in our research, we become so broad, we lose sight of the real consumer. Your consumers are not an average. In fact, nobody actually has 2.3 kids. Dom put it perfectly. I think perhaps another thing is just not being tuned in enough. With international research, You, despite going to all of this effort to doing lots of different territories and sample cells and whatnot um sometimes the research can end up being the worst of all worlds and just end up being a, an average uh, and like all averages you know it, an average is a a frankenstein measure really and you can end up with just vanilla insight or just a lack of insight you're just trying to find the common denominator and in doing so just end up with a wash of nothing very insightful at all and you know and typically you see that happening in global ad campaigns all the time. They connect with precisely no one because they're made of precisely nothing. Since insights are all about finding something unique and different rather than reporting numbers in a PowerPoint, it is vital that our research have a story and have some unique insight that connects executives and the broader organization to the consumer. And so I would counsel towards, you know, running towards the stuff that pulls things apart rather than necessarily just trying to find the, always the, the commonest of grounds because you end up with them, um, you end up with something that isn't very differentiated ultimately because every, every, you know, your competitors are doing the same thing. And so you just end up with, yeah, with, with stuff that doesn't really give you an advantage ultimately. It's more interesting to look towards the edges, look for where the differences are and to, you know, try and embrace the differences and really, and do unexpected things is the other thing. Sometimes it's very easy to go for a standardized approach for all sorts of very good economic reasons sometimes. But actually, culture is, is a fascinating, wonderful, weird, strange, 
diverse thing. And I, I would experiment more and just have more fun with doing things that allow color and texture of culture to really permeate national dog research findings and debriefs. You know, it should be as fun and as exhilarating as when you go and visit those cultures. And often it just ends up in a horrid PowerPoint deck of 200 slides, which for me is sort of death by a thousand cuts, really. International research is part of every brand's research strategy. We talked to Dominic Carter and Debbie Howard of the Carter Group, a leading Japanese-based research firm, about tips when doing research in other countries. I would say is to immerse yourself in the culture so that you can see something outside of the research facility. Like get out in the street, look at the retail environments, look at the homes, and and try to understand how those uh, differences might impact the way that people are living and feeling and reacting to the products and services that you're testing. Yeah, I, I think that's so important, Debbie. We we had. I remember we had. Uh, we took. A, we took basically the executive board of a very large company in the U.S. on a safari about a year ago, and of course we felt that we were dealing with complete neophytes here, and we we were to a large extent. But like that client had actually, off their own bat, had actually spent some time just walking around in advance and on previous trips and and that really added to their ability to empathize. I have to be honest, this sounds like a lot of fun. By immersing yourself in another culture, even for an evening, it helps contextualize your research findings. Here is a specific story about the learning in-home visits made for a cleaning company. One example, we had a cleaning company approach us a few years ago and the first thing that I said to them is, look, we're just going to do three quick in-homes like while you're here because they, they had, they had come, they'd come to Tokyo just for a quick visit, a scoping visit and uh, said to them, look, let, let's, let's get you into three homes ASAP because I knew that they will have absolutely no idea what they're dealing with here. You're dealing with smaller homes, the bathrooms are different to what they, that's European client, they're, they're very different to what, to what they are in Europe, you know, much smaller, the materials that you're cleaning are different, the issues are different with mould and so forth. So just get them before we even have any conversation about <laughs> developing a market for your product here just will throw you in will throw you in home and that was a very informal thing but i think it was very very important for them to sort of have that kind of in a sense experience or shock to the system or you know whatever it was to sort of understand what they're dealing with so if a client's completely new to the market we'll generally speak it's rare that we won't recommend to them that they do some form of ethnographic immersion so that can be in homes, it can be, you know, if it's a gaming club, you know, going to the gaming arcade or, you know, whatever it is, going shopping with people. But there's just a huge amount of contextual cues for conversation and just things that you see and hear. And like, it's it, it's not, I, I'm not, I'm not like saying focus groups are not fantastic in their context, which they are. Dominic went on to talk about one of my favorite tips, ABC. 
always be curious. This is something we hear all the time from the researchers we've interviewed on the Happy Market Research podcast. One thing I would add in terms of tips is ask lots of questions. And there's a lot of, and this is especially true with Japan, like there's a lot of stuff that doesn't get spoken about and people don't tell you things unless you ask them. So asking lots of questions, ask lots of questions about the process. Can I do the same thing that I do back home? How long are things going to take? Those sorts of questions are, are very, very important because the answers can be different than what you, what you expect. And then also before you're working with a supplier too, I mean, I would ask around other people who have worked in that same market who they would recommend working with. So I get as much kind of, in terms of the partner that you're working with, I get as much kind of informal feedback from people that you know in the industry about who they've worked with. This is the most exciting time to be in Consumer Insights. Modern executives are looking for better, faster, and cheaper ways to connect insights to action as the pressure to make decisions continues to mount. It is our job as market researchers to aid our organizations in their decision-making processes. This is where picking the right tool or partner is vital. Is it a micro-decision, like something that will impact the user interface or inform customer support feedback? There's a ton of tools that already exist. It's kind of like the adage, teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. Many times people inside of the organization are reaching out to market research to conduct market research, but really what they need is the ability to be able to conduct a micro survey or have a micro conversation and get some feedback from a consumer themselves. So maybe there's a tool or a service that can be engaged by the decision maker along with some best practices that you can layer on top. These solutions would create access to the data by the decision maker for a better outcome while maintaining the integrity of the research without impacting your, that is the researcher's workload. Is it a macro decision? More and more brands are building internal capabilities to do some of the aspects of the research internally. However, they can't staff niche expertise. Partner with your customers. Don't be afraid to ask them what their biggest challenges are right now and what do they anticipate their needs to be in 2021. Your customers are looking for valued partners continually. So step up those conversations and engage with your customer, even if it isn't specific to a project that they have right now. The only unique product or service we have is our relationship with our customer or our internal stakeholders. Today, there is a ton of pressure on everybody. So it is a perfect time to come alongside others to help them achieve their objectives and just improve their overall life. In the next episode, we're releasing the long-form interview with Don Boyd, Cantor's Managing Director of UK. Thinking about stakeholders that will ultimately use this research, not just in terms of the insight function or customer intelligence function or research function, but like who are ultimately the stakeholders that are going to be using this and what is it that they find valuable and how can you most influence them? So it's this, you know, the old adage of a, a picture tells a thousand words. So really be fearless in bringing real people into the boardroom. Happy Market Research is hosted and produced by me, Chu Yi Yang, and Jamin Brazil. 
Special thanks to our referenced guests, Dan Stratman, VP Consumer and Market Insights at Lubrizol Corporation, Dom Boyd, Cantar's UK Managing Director, Dominic Carter and Debbie Howard of the Carter Group, Steve Kanchite, founder and CEO of Humantel. To subscribe to the podcast, go to iTunes or check out the Happy Market Research website at happymr.com. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter at happymrxp. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.